Yes, all ye people. Give ear, all ye inhabitants of the world, both high and low, rich and poor together. Do you indeed speak righteousness? Do you judge uprightly, all ye sons and daughters of men? And do you judge as others judge? For as you judge, you shall be judged. And if you condemn, you are condemned. Pass on. But there is no return. Hey guys, this is Gabe Noah for the Minnesota Center of Mental Health. And 15 million Americans are clinically depressed this year. And it affects everyone that we know, certainly affects people I know. Are you feeling worthless? Are you feeling hopeless about your future? Are you sleeping too much? Are you sleeping too little? Depression affects all of us, and you need to get help today. Um, The Minnesota Department of Mental Health has set up a phone number for you to call and get the help that you need. Please give us a call, or if anyone you know needs help, please have them give a call. You help. Anything you can do, just call us, 1-800-WAH-WAH-CRY-BABY-HELP-ME. That's 1-800-WAH-WAH. Cry baby, help me. The last four letters don't even count. It's just wanted to be memorable. 1 800 Wah Wah, cry baby, help me, a big baby, and call us up and get the help that uh, you need because you can't wipe your own nose, you little fucking baby. Thanks for listening. Hey guys, welcome to Profession Confession and the first in our little bonus series, we'll call it. How about that, Tevin? It's a bonus series called television debut and all this is is me talking to comedians about making their network television debut this has always been something in comedy that has carried a lot of weight and been a big situation for anyone who does this and it's very strange because everyone generally knows now you're not going to be famous because you went on conan um but there's a chance god damn it there's a chance because of it and It's also affirmation that you might be nearly as funny as you think you are or that maybe your career is going somewhere. It's and that's all all any junkie needs is just a little just a little taste on the tip of the tongue. And that's what going on Conan is. And it's also nice just in a career where you get no money or respect or just people hate you that this can get you out of conversations like when people are trying to drill down on you and ask if you're good at it or whatever, you're just, eh, yeah, I was on Conan this week. It just, it ends conversations with uncles and stuff like that, and that's very valuable. Or aunts. And I think a lot, of, I, th- I think it's really interesting, too, because most people don't know what goes into these late-night sets. They just think, like, you're going up there to do your best stuff, when in most cases that's not it. Um... You're doing comedy in a way that you've never done done it before. You're not choosing your words exactly. You're to a very specific time constraint. The booker works with you on which jokes they want you to do or which ones they don't. In a lot of cases, you'd have someone like me, a more adult-themed comedian. Now, all of a sudden, you have to do it PG-13. And then it also happens to be the biggest show of your life. So it's just a, a really pressure-packed situation with a lot of stuff outside of your control that I, I wanted to kind of talk to, talk to people about and see 
their experiences. And I got to say, it's been really great. We've recorded a bunch of them. And I should uh, say, so we talk about their set. And then at the very end of it, we uh, we listen to their set with them um, on mic. So you can listen to it before, but you certainly don't have to. And people have been, uh, it is, <laughs> these are not light conversations necessarily. Um, we've had a couple people just full on, uh, it's like they're having a nervous breakdown while we're playing their set, which I think any normal comedian should do that. So it's been very fun. I look forward to these coming out. We'll mix them in every six to 10 episodes, whatever. It's a good filler for us. If, if I'm trying to edit a Hell's Angels uh, speech down or something. So it's, uh, these are good to have and I hope you guys like them. So this week we have Tim Armstead. Tim Armstead is one of the most well-liked and universally thought of as funny comedians I've ever met. I don't know anyone who ever has met him who doesn't think he's funny or nice. And if you do, you're wrong. So Tim made his network television debut on the David Letterman show which, of course, carries extra heft now. Um, and he had a great set. And there's a lot of stuff, though, behind that set that made it very interesting and fun. And we just had we, we just had a really good smooth chat. And I think this is a good kind of indication of, you know, what goes on for these. So enjoy this week's episode. Please share and rate and subscribe. I'm sorry that we haven't been coming out with quite as many episodes recently, but we're moving into a new studio, and we got some shit going on that we're really excited about, and we're going to have cameras and all kinds of damn, all kinds of stuff, but we have great episodes coming in, so keep sharing all that shit. I'm getting tired, and enjoy this week's episode. So our guest this week... Is the extremely hilarious, um, I was going to say provincial comedy stylings that makes you sound small time right off the bat, doesn't it? Yeah, it kind of shrinks me right up front. But you are like, if you're from this town, though, it is good. (laughs) 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 We have Tim Harmston, super funny. Like, really, truly any comic here loves Tim Harmston. And that's, uh, I'm not washing his balls because he's on the show. He is a great comedian, one of my favorites personally so thank you very much for being on the show yeah thanks yeah thanks. so you've um i always viewed your first tv experience um incorrectly it's actually your second even though it's going to be the one we talk about today but what are the shows that you've been on just for our audience uh the the television shows that i've been on the, the first one was a, a little tiny spot in last comic standing okay season uh seven i think or it was 2008 i believe now is that the one that you're so your wife is mary mack another um very great comedian from the area um and she got very far like she was a finalist pretty far yeah she was in i think she made it to the semifinals. and what so she got you on the show after she (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, she she actually shoehorned in some old footage of me that That was great yeah no (laughs) no uh, yeah we did it together and we were dating at the time too and and, oh really yeah and they did it down here you know and so um i don't know how i ended up getting an audition but i got an audition and 
And uh, so, yeah, so I got, uh, but, you know, I think they gave me like three jokes, which was like a minute and a half of stage time. And they never paid me, and it really pissed me off. So, um, Really? Yeah, they never paid me. Everyone else got paid, and I never got paid. So that always kind of like stuck in my craw a little bit. So I just kind of like forgot about that. But my wife went on to do pretty well. She went to Las Vegas, and, and the, you got to talk to her about it. She yeah. has a great story. Could we get her in? <laughs> she is a great, and I don't even want to ruin, you know, I don't even want to like right. uh, portend, uh, you know, the outcome of that story. But anyway, but, uh, but, um, so that didn't really count. That was just like a little thing. And then I did a few years later, I did uh, live at Gotham, which was on comedy central, which but, was a big deal. Like to me, that was the show that I wanted or whatever. Yeah. Would, would still like to, if they brought it back up, but yeah, I mean that, that was a big deal to you still or yeah, I mean, to me, it was kind of a big deal. But, you know, even back then, I think everyone knew that, like, and, and I don't mean to disparage anybody that's doing Comedy Central shows now, but but that stuff is kind of disposable because it just, it happens every year. And so there was like six seasons or whatever of Live at Gotham with 30 comics or whatever. Right. It's just like the half hour specials where it's, you know, it just continues yeah. to roll over and roll over and roll over. So For sure. When we started doing the show, I, at least what I said for this little sub show, whatever it is, is that only network TV spots, is all, which I'm already breaking yeah. right away because yeah. I, I just want you to have good stories. But my, at least my original thing is I know to me as someone who's not done TV, it's still the level uh, – like the nerves, the way it is in your head. Yeah. Network TV, especially as you did Letterman. Yes. Which, for for my money, is the gold standard, and there would be nothing that would make me more nervous than that. It's a one-shot thing. Yeah. You don't sit <laughs> in the back with a bunch of other comics who you get to talk about yeah. what's going on, like on Last Comic Standing right. or Live at Gotham. Right. You're alone. Right. Yeah. No, I, I – I, 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 yeah. I, I mean, getting back to, to Comedy Central, that was a really, real nice – thing to do but 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 i wasn't very good then you know i mean how how far into comedy were you then uh i was uh that was probably 2009 so i was probably six years in okay and so that or six or six and a half seven years so that was kind of like and that that's a like a credit that you get when you when you know that was like a lot of credits where you just happen to be in the right time at the right place like i got i was opening for pat pat and oswald at the state theater, they needed someone, you know, one of those deals where they had need a last minute yeah. guy. And then, so I just happened to be in town that afternoon and I went to open for Patton. And then the, the, his manager thought I was funny and, and just gave the tape of me cause they had taped Patton. I think they also taped me, you know, as a warm up set or whatever. He just gave that to the comedy central people. And then I got the call that they wanted me to do it. You know, so it was just, that Pure kind of luck. shit happens to me Pure all the time. <laughs> Pure luck, <laughs> but yeah. And then the but the the Letterman thing it was a little bit different because I had auditioned for uh, Eddie Brill, as you know, was the yeah the producer of the, the, the he booked the comics on it for a long time. Sexist. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I don't think that he got a very un, I think unfairly branded, but whatever. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a whole yeah. That's a whole uh, other will, thing. Yeah, but he. But he would come to Acme, and that, that's the one thing about Minnesota where it's kind of weird because industry people don't seem to come anymore. And back then, like Bob and Ross, who booked The Tonight Show, would come once a year. The Comedy Central 
gals, the two gals that booked all the shows, they would come once a year. And that kind of stopped in the last seven years. Yeah. Like for some reason, the industry just said, oh, we're not interested in Right in my prime. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But, but in the last time that I, I think Eddie came to, to perform, he ha- had a bunch of local people go up and perform, and, and then he would just kind of give you some feedback. And so I had one joke the beer to bees joke that mm-hmm. he thought was pretty cool. He was like, you know, that's that, a great joke. Yeah. And so I, yeah. I, I did it back then. And he goes, you know, I, that's a joke I could see Dave liking. And that just like sent like, God, it really is. <laughs> I've never <laughs> thought of that joke that way. That is absolutely a Letterman type joke. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. He said that that's a joke, you know, and he said, those other jokes are, you know, you could, kind of can't do that joke that's too dirty you know, mm-hmm. you know so but, but like the one thing so it really engaged me as in like wow well if he likes one i know i can I come might up have a with chance five others that yeah. he might like so so then uh so then um how far into doing stand-up were you then for like at this point at that point it was like 2009 it was like 2009 2010 so i was like probably mm, probably like seven and a half eight years in okay and so then when you got that audition for instance did you know you were so okay they passed your tape on was there i guess when did he how did he get in touch with you to tell you like well did he come there well no it it, it, there's there's more to the story like he so that was was hoping so (laughs) (laughs) so that was just eddie being a headliner at acme and then and then looking at younger people on the you know just to give them feedback right it's very informal there right. was no gotcha. formal like this is an audition this is just hey what do you got who's the people in town that you know so you felt relaxed about it, it wasn't a- yeah i mean you're still a little bit nervous because you know yeah. that it's you know and eddie used to come to the the he would sit in the back of the room with a candle and a notepad and right so you could see like a candle right. in the back of the room you know so you knew that you were aiming it towards him but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but then, so then, then if, like I think the next year or the year after, um, they did the Great American Comedy Festival auditions, and Eddie was the the booker for that, and that takes place in Johnny Carson's hometown, and it was a it's like a clean comedy festival, and so I auditioned for that, and then I I got that, and so I went to Nebraska, and uh, I went to Nebraska for that, and so now you're with twenty other comics that are from around the country that are, we're in Nebraska doing this festival and we think, you know, and everyone's trying to impress. Everyone knows sort of like the writing on the wall is kind of whatever. You have a chance at Letterman doing Yeah, I mean, yeah. A little bit. Yeah, you're kind of like in front of the people that would make it happen if it were to happen. And so as it turns out, uh, I think Dave had a heart attack or Dave had some heart problems or something. And so he, he... so Eddie had to stay behind, and so he missed my opening show at the F- Nebraska Festival. And so, did um, you know that before you went on? Uh, yeah, I knew he wasn't going to be there. And then I got voted out by the audience. Like the audience, I think voted for the winners or whatever, right. or the judges. Or I don't know who it was. And so, but there are so many funny people on that show, like just ridiculously funny people. So I was just like, like well, who? Like if Tommy Jonagan. Yeah. You know, a and, great network. Yeah. Like super funny. Yes. And, and then, um, you know, Kermit Apio and mm-hmm. Darlene Westgore, uh, Jesse Campbell. I love Darlene. And, uh, I mean. I hate Jesse Campbell. <laughs> no, I love, I, I like Jesse Campbell a lot. Uh, guy who, uh, Pat Dixon uh, from New York and, 
Uh, oh, John Fish. I mean, just some really – oh, Mike Palasak, Andy Woodhull. Like it was like – You can't say Andy, something after every person. No, yeah. <laughs> Andy's, Andy's very yeah. funny as well. Yeah, I mean yeah. just like these guys are just so funny. And so so they went up and uh, and everyone crushed. And I didn't cr- – I did okay. I didn't crush. But but the, the fact that he wasn't there to see it meant that he would watch – he said, I'll watch your tape. You know, send me. I'm sorry, I missed your set. I'll wa- send me a tape so I can watch your set. You know, which was really cool of him to do. Very nice, especially after you were voted out. So I assume he only said that to the people voted out. Maybe I don't know. Okay, you know, I don't know. I didn't ask, but 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 anyway. So he you didn't uh, say, "Is this just for me?" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just me. Yeah, I just said, "Oh, that's really nice. I'll yeah. put something together and I'll send it to you." And so, uh, so I I did. I, I reached out and I sent him the tape. And he responded with, um, you know, I really like it. And there's a few things we can't do, you know, so try tape it again and, and see if, if it'll work with some new jokes. So I sent it again. And so for like, it seemed like for six months, I would just continually go out every night. And the people in town were like, what the hell is Tim right. doing? He's coming out and he's doing like the same five yeah. I mean, I mean, honestly, <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. I actually do. And 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 i remember thinking you know where everyone sort of murmurs about it tim is one of the i would say one of the rare um classy guys in comedy he's uh very like he doesn't blab about shit you don't humble brag you don't um which is always of course what's bothered me about you is that you won't <laughs> just fucking say ah, that guy fucking sucks come on i'm better or whatever but I, I i i think it's really great and really uh i do admire it but i remember you doing that and Having those murmurs go around and just yeah. going, he has to. He, uh, it's either that or he stopped writing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I know. Just change, he would change one word and do right. the first set. No. And my wife was like, my wife was, she just didn't understand. She's like, what are you doing? You know. And I'm like, I'm trying to fulfill a dream. Yes. So I'm not going. You know, with you up north, or I'm not going shopping. I'm going yes. to the joke joint. I'm going to Acme. I'm going to do guest sets, and I literally never worked harder on any five minute piece of material. And so I, I would send it to Eddie, and then he would send it back, and then and and Eddie was real hands on with like, well, you know, suggestions and mm-hmm. editing and stuff, and uh, and it was all usually really good feedback. And then, and what's then, an example of the feedback, if you don't mind? Well, like. Uh, or you know, oh, t- was there any a- that like bothered you even? Where it's like, come on. Oh no, there. A lot of comics have stories about that. Like, no way, that's the best part. I'm not yeah. taking that up. And for me, I think I was young enough that I would just take everything and just apply it. And 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 he, the one thing he really helped me with was that was putting things in a personal, p- a possessive uh, frame. Like I used to say, like. Uh, you would be the craziest, pr- or you know, he's like, change that to. I uh, would be the crazy, you know, like okay. I'm trying to remember the, but but for, t- turn it towards yourself so that it's personal because I have a tendency to like deflect things out and frame it as if if this guy, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, yes, yeah. So I feel for me, I'm the opposite, and I'm always making everything so about me. <laughs> That it feels right. like God. I wish I had some just general fucking jokes about something. That's that's very interesting. Yeah. To me. But yeah. Uh, you. Oh, I think the line was: "You not only look like, um, you know, you not only you look like the most pa- you look like the most patriotic son of a bitch of all time." That was the line. He goes, "Well, you say uh, 
I looked like the most patriotic, you know, like change mm-hmm. it so that it's about you. And right. so, so I did, I went through and I started to tweak things a little bit. And I did have a joke about guns that I was going to do that I thought would have been a really challenging um, political joke. Yeah. And he, Eddie was all for it. He was like, "We, yeah, this is going to be great. You know, and, and I, it was the one about the take your guns away. Um, what is the punchline? Of it? it goes, I, I know, uh, I know it, it goes, uh, uh, you know, People say Obama's going to come for your guns, but he's he's not. You know why? Nobody wants that job, officer yeah. of gun taking away our guy. You know, like, and then I like knock on the door. I'm like, "Hi, I'm here to get your guns," and that's the whole thing. <laughs> and uh, so he was ready to do that, and that was at the the second to last joke. But then at the time, I, and then I went to Madison, like like. Like Eddie was, you know, I hadn't heard from him in a while. And I, I was like, ah, where does this stand? And he's like, I need to take one more look at it. And, and I, I drove down to Madison to do um, a guest spot on like because a Saturday Because you want to get in front night. of fresh people kind of yeah, too? Yeah, because I wanted to get in front of the best audience that I could find. Yes. And so I drove, you know, four hours. That's where they're at. Did it yeah. at Madison and just blew it. I mean, just – and then I sent that to Eddie and then like – Three weeks later, it was I was at Home Depot, you know, like buying like plywood or something, and I see a number come up from New York, and it was Eddie at his office, and he was just like, "You're going to be on Letterman," and I was just, I wow, yeah, I just I I so he called you at what time and when were you going on? Like, what was the he 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 said, you know, we don't we don't have it booked. We don't we don't you've get, you've been passed, so we'll get you on. It may be as soon as three weeks, or it may be as soon as like three months. Okay. Uh, he goes. We have. I think he said we had Bill Burr, who who had to move something around. And even then, when he said that, I just about just to hear your name. And <laughs> right. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> amazing. Like, I was, you know, and then and then Bill dropped ended up dropping out so like three weeks later or like a week later they called and said okay we've we're gonna take that spot okay when they when he tells you um that you've got it does he introduce it in any way that you know it's like <laughs> here's, here or whatever yeah. you're about to hear some news i don't know yeah like i would be i I know how my brain works i'd be hanging on every set from the moment it goes i'd be just trying to you know, parse what this means. I guess. Do, like, are you that way? Um, yeah. Like, I guess. I guess I. I had a really good feeling that I was going to get it. Like, I didn't think he was calling me to say, "Well, they they took a pass." You know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, did your heart start just fucking yeah, beating like, the second you saw the well, number? I, th- I remember I had one of those orange carts that you push lumber around <laughs> <Yeah>. in, <laughs> and like I was like fumbling with like two by fours, and I my phone went off, and I was like, oh. Oh God! I got to take this, you know. And I yeah. literally like set down a load of lumber. It's like hello, and he's like, "Hey Tim, it's Eddie. Um, I got good news. Uh, okay. You got passed, and so uh, the, the producers love it, and so we're gonna get you, you know." And and just right then, I just I literally felt like I would float out of Home yes. Depot, you know. Like I mean, did you turn and say anything? To, I mean, that's you really I, got close to a movie type thing, you know yeah. what I mean? Like I. Whatever, like I'd love to get at Slumberland Furniture and just go, guess what, motherfucker? <laughs> I'm out of this bitch. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, and then you get your 1200 bucks and have yeah. to come back. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. But still feel good. Yeah. I mean, 
like, did you say anything? I I'd did, have to tell the I just, checkout lady. You know, like I would say to – I was just like, oh, great. That's awesome. I'm so excited. Thank you. You know, I just a lot of thank yous. Yeah. And, and then – but then, you know, on the way when I hung up, then it, I really like – I was numb, like I was really numb, and and I the one thing I wanted to do was not tell anybody. Like I okay, right away you had yeah, that in your head. I didn't want to tell anybody I because I didn't think it would happen. You know, like yes. I just figured that they would they would they would get a better comic and then move me and then keep moving me and then Dave would retire and it would never happen or something. You it's know, like a I, smart move without question to not tell people. Yeah. there's nothing to gain by telling people, and yet I know I'd have to tell. Eight people, yeah. or whatever. You know what I mean? Like my ring. Yeah. I mean, you must have called your wife. Well, I, or... I, I think I did call my wife, but I, I didn't remember her. You know, like we. You know, I don't know if I've we, we've talked about this off camera or off uh, mic, but we we don't really talk about comedy. My wife, okay, I, like we don't. We do talk about bookings and dates. And hey, can you move that around so that we can work together for that? Or that, but we don't ever talk about the ups and downs or the 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 good right. things or the bad things because it's like it it would feel so gross you need solace from it Absolutely. yeah you need like to not be in the so i don't know if i even told her uh i did call that's amazing yeah you I, couldn't yeah tell somebody yeah and then well and then uh, i think eventually I, I did tell her and um but i said don't tell anyone and then and then i kept practicing that set for over and over in town until uh, the t- the time it was to go, and and then um, which was three weeks, three weeks from I think the time I got called. So then, um, so then I flew out. Uh, fast forwarding to flying out, I bought a suit. I went to Macy's and I bought a uh, suit. Uh, Let me ask you a few things before, <laughs> because I, I I do have yeah. uh, a lot of just even yeah. general questions that sure. I want to know before we ju- jump to that. Do you so? You know, there, this is a huge pressure situation for every comic, which will be explained in the intro while people know this. But how how are you in your life under pressure before this? Like whether it's in sports or school or whatever, right. were you like That's do you consider question. yourself as yeah yeah pressure. like a pressure person? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think like I told like I would like people uh, older comics would tell me and and like I tell comics now that are younger that that any time you can do like you know how some people ask you to do like a community access taping to a stand up mm-hmm. you know or any time you can do anything in front of a camera no matter what it is how big how small or whatever auditions or whatever it only helps you for when the moment comes that you're going to do the big thing yeah and i think at that time i had done um, I had done a, um, I had opened for Patton, you know, in a giant theater, and I'd opened for Louis C.K. in front of three thousand people. Treasure Island at Treasure right? Island, yeah. yeah. And so at that time, I had done some really pressure gigs where you walk on stage and you're like, oh shit, this is really, crazy. yeah, you know. And so, and then I had done, you know, Last Comic Standing, and then the Comedy Central thing. So I felt like I, I wasn't. It, it, there, I had some sense of okay, I can keep it together. Okay, this, even though it was a challenge, but I had some sense that oh, I'll be okay. 
So then before this, though, would you yeah. have said – I mean is it something – I just want to know if it's hardwired into your body in a sense yeah. to go like, you know, I can do this. I can, You know, I got this. Yeah. I mean from from like a sports perspective, like I'd always strike out when the game was on the line. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that makes me feel better. Yeah, like I would miss yeah. the free throw when sure. we, we were in overtime and I needed to make one out of two. I would miss both. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the more assured it should have been, the worse it goes. Yeah, or like in the school play, I'd always like flub a line and sure. just go off stage crying. I mean yeah. I've always said for myself that – one of the things with comedy is it's the first thing I felt like I do deliver, yeah. you know, in yeah. comedy, in everything else before this. Now yeah. I'm on the backside of it where now it's been so long that now the pressure is so high that I've lost, yeah. you know. Yeah. But well, yeah. But I think too, like my, my, my the job that I have, you know, all these years aside from comedy where I'd work in the film business, mm-hmm. there's a lot of pressure moments in that, like big time pressure moments where you didn't have any other option other yes. than to succeed. You know, like working with Michael Jordan or Brett Favre, or, where I was the the you know the, right. the person that would work side by side with them. Yeah, and so like you had to be like completely focused, focused, and and, and and succeed. You couldn't yeah. fail. You know, and so there was a lot a of lot the, of money at stake. For yeah, sure. exactly. What so. what um, did you feel? I, I guess did you feel ready? You know when it happened. Um. Yeah, I mean, like the you know how you 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 do it, like it was like a like the Oregon Trail or the Santa Fe Trail where the the wagons had gone through that track so many times in my brain <laughs> that the set was just like I knew it and I felt like I would probably run a risk of forgetting where the funny parts were. You know, like yes. I, I memorized it like the, but it was just like remembering to to accentuate certain parts or to, to you know and and. Did you tape it and rewatch it over and over too? Oh yeah. Or, I mean, was it watch or just listen or both? Both, yeah. Okay. Definitely both. I, see, I'm amazed by that because so I think of you as a performer as very, actually, um, I think you're one of the more inventive and more. You're you're always doing new stuff, which I love. I I think you're one of the established guys who doesn't mind trying and failing and all that stuff, which is how I fancy myself. Yeah. Whether that's true or not, and. But I, for me, it is death when I have to repeat the same set yeah. over and over, and yeah. it makes me hate it. And just as I you know. said, that's right out of it. But I know. was the pressure so high that you didn't lose that? I um, guess I. It's funny you say that because my wife's the same way too. If she has to do something in the same pattern, it drives her crazy. Mm-hmm. Like it'll just. She would rather just do it once, know she has it, and then just move on to something else, and then tape it two months later or something yeah but but to me there's a challenge in like keep sh- polishing and keep po- like you know it's the opposite where i'm like i can't do it pos- i can't possibly do it enough because i really? want to see what the possibilities are if i try a different line or if that thing works better or and so i didn't mind i didn't i didn't ever think it would get worn out and so um, You're an egomaniac. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> no, I'm it's just, just it's OCD. Is I think what it it's is. great. Yeah. yeah, it's just OCD. You um, don't seem that way at all. I mean, just I'm blown away actually because I think of you as always trying new stuff, taking weird swings. Yeah, well, I mean, when when you know that they greenlit a certain set, yeah. you know, like you want to just make sure that you don't. You just the worst thing that can happen. Like I think Rodney Dangerfield, like forgot a line on Ed Sullivan one time. And that was a huge no-no, and he got in a lot of trouble in his career. Like, really, yeah, I've never like, heard that story. Yeah, and so, um, 
so I feel like, you know, I knew I just I just didn't want to forget any lines or get ahead of myself and so Yeah. So then overall before we kind of get into the nuts and bolts of it, yeah. um, you know, are you happy with your letterman set? I, I if I had to rank it on like like I always tell people I think it was good for my first try. It wasn't great. It was certainly wasn't like of the all the ones that they did that year. It certainly wasn't one of the best ones. But okay. But I felt like for <clears throat> I felt like um, I felt like for I felt like at, for my first big TV set, I thought it was um, I thought it was serviceable. Okay. Can I tell you my my thought on it? Yeah. Because yours, I, you know, I don't know why. Maybe it's because so I think of you as. Somewhat similar to me, which is very strange. We're not similar, but whatever. You know, I like you. You're very much my kind of guy, and I think of you as having similar beginnings as me and all sure. that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and um, I think I said this for Gillespie or something too. One of the rare people who got a big break that I was rooting for. Oh, <laughs> you know, there was yeah. no part of like – and and really whatever. Wanted to go great. And my and I watch it a lot, so I really remember it pretty well. I think, which I can't say for others. My feeling on yours was audience reaction, um, like a nine or ten. Like I thought the audience reaction was great. Yeah. And my prediction was that you would feel that your performance would be like a B. <laughs> Is that true exactly or not? What I just said, yeah. Is like it serviceable? <laughs> but that's not sir. So. It's like because a ball of average. Is, like did I, I just uh, restate what you yeah, said? pretty much. I mean, I feel like uh, serviceable maybe would be like a C. Well, I had that thought before you said it, so I'm sorry. But that was mine. Yeah. I, because I felt like it's what I've – it's the kind of set where you do it and it kicks ass and people pat you on the back or yeah. something. And like, that was great. And you're like, meh. Yeah. I don't know. How did you – is that accurate or is that too diminished? It's pretty accurate. I okay. mean, it's, it's hard to it, – like, uh, I felt like – There was a nervous tick in there. Yeah, I felt like I was doing this thing with my mouth where I like. That's what like, I'm referring to. Yeah, like a you nervous, were licking your lips. I was licking my lips. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that kind of um, ruined a lot of things for me. But I don't think like it the ruined f- your career. It's <laughs> <laughs> just, just known as the lip licking. Got, me, lick, uh, yeah. got me some Derek Dairy Old Queen uh, bunker work. chops. Harmston <laughs> always licking his lips. Yeah, chappy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that was a total subconscious thing. But get a Carmex sponsor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bert's beeswax. My God, yeah. with the bees joke. Come on, Bert's uh, beeswax. Yeah, I guess I didn't. I I don't think it ruined it, but I I guess <laughs> not at all. Um, I did it a few times, and I think it was just in uh, even like the people Letterman commented on it. They were like, oh. Uh, that was curious, you know, but they didn't, they weren't what? down on it. How did they comment on it? They just said, oh, you licked your lips a few <laughs> times. <laughs> I think that's why people love Tim Harmson. Yeah. Stuff like that happens. Uh, it's, I mean, you had a great set. I, But to me, the true challenge of a late night set to appear great, which I think Mary did with her most recent one. Yeah. Somehow trick yourself into being relaxed. Yeah. Oh, God, and yeah. I could... I, I, you know, I don't believe it's it. I could do it my second time. Yeah. Guarantee I could do it my yeah. second time. Yeah. My first time, there's a weird yeah. thing that, yeah. So your wife's a psycho to be able to do that. Yeah. So. I don't know how she did that. But yeah. yeah. Um, and Chad Daniels, his most recent one as well. I yeah. think so. Um, and then as far as your set composition, um, 
how happy with it were you? Are there any jokes that you're like, oh, I wish that one wasn't chosen? Well, like I didn't, you know, like an airplane joke and, you know, like that's always got that sort of connotation that it's sort of hacky. And, uh, and so I don't, even though, I mean, I think that set was really representative of how I write. Like I won't, I won't shy away from a subject if it's hacky, like airplane food or okay, me too. whatever. That's it's I am now. Like, yeah, it's just like it, you don't you write what you write and yeah so i used to care so much to like call to know what's out there there is so much comedy now like yeah. now all i care about is originality yeah. or like is it seem original yeah right. you and know? i feel like the only people that really care like about the hackiness is the comedians themselves whereas like but that the, matters right right yeah. but like but the audience for the most part they don't, they don't hear a hacky joke oh, oh that's they love hacky, hacky right. shit right. right those fucking idiots yep no. yeah <laughs> <laughs> What what uh, exactly? <laughs> what uh, what was your favorite joke in the set? What was your least favorite? Well, I I mean, the, my favorite joke is the the um, auto insurance joke. The, I love oh. that. That is truly one of my favorite bits. And that's is that your opening joke? Yeah, that is. God damn it! You are one of the guys who has a an opening joke that's fun to tell, quick and punchy. <clears throat> oh, I'd be I'd slit a throat to get a joke like that to open. Yeah, I mean, That's and great. I still haven't topped it. Like, uh, it's it's one of those sort of like. I don't know if you will. That's I don't a know great, if I will. Yeah, that is a great joke. Yeah. I love that joke. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I I don't know. I have I've been trying for maybe what seven years now to to get a joke that works that good for a TV set, and I I haven't. Hardest thing to do in the world, right? Yeah. I mean, write a great opening joke. I think. Yeah, for a TV set, I think right. the opening joke is the most important thing that you have right. because you have to get that laugh up front right and away it's hard for us because we're both just very good looking men so you and can't you know, go uh, a lot so of... this is what I look like <laughs> <laughs> um, people go yeah that's great um, let's see the <laughs> such a dick <laughs> yeah I know what that means <laughs> uh, making fun of Steve Gillespie yeah yeah <laughs> he's a friend of the show fuck whatever um, okay the buying the suit yeah, curious thing because that is absolutely a thing. Yeah. People do it. Um, <laughs> well, no, he requires it, does he not? That's what I'm wondering. Well, yeah, I I asked. That was one of the first questions I said. What a uh, vest with a short sleeve yeah. shirt and tie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, and he said, well, he didn't say you have to wear a suit. He just said, Dave enjoys it when people wear. You know, I was like, I got yeah. it. Yeah, I, I absolutely. Exactly. I think the coolest part of the that whole the little peripheral stuff was that. He sent me an email and said, "Oh yeah, what song do you want Paul to play?" And I oh, that's awesome. Just about blew up. Like I was like, "Oh wow!" And so of course I chose per, uh, "Let's Go Crazy" because I'm a huge Prince fan. That so, is <clears throat> absolutely awesome. How much time did you waste on that? Because I would, I would really. Uh, I th- yeah, I up. thought about it, you know, and and then it it occurred to me that it would be a great kind of tip of the cap back to minnesota it is it's great and yeah. i think that's a cool thing about our scene like cy amundsen did that with his yeah. uh 30 minute special i think he tried to profit from it the grease ball but anyway yeah. no <laughs> like a sponsorship but no um no i think that's that's so great and i that did not jump to, i'd probably do replacement something like that a little hipper yeah. kind of edgier choice yeah. but <laughs> yeah <laughs> no but anyway so getting to it um the flying out there, you had three weeks' notice. Yep. Did you – and how much do they pay versus the other ones? We've we've asked all of them. Everyone said, don't oh, worry. Uh, I'm not going to audit. 
Okay. Well, do you want me to tell the the whole story about how it happened? Yes, I'll I will get out of the way. I'm okay. Sorry. No, I did I because it because I know there's so much you there's there's a lot of information between then and what happened. But so I flew out the first time and I I uh, I was so nervous I left my suit in um, in my house. I just oh got in a cab, went to the airport, and then. Uh, so I had Rachel, uh, the from the joke joint, yes, uh, break into the house and uh, get the suit and FedEx it to the hotel. Break into the house, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Rachel's a very, very nice, <laughs> no. not the type of person to break into anything. I don't know how she got in the house, but I remember she was able to get in. Maybe one of our roommates was home or something. But and but, you must have been panicked. I mean, truly, yeah, panicked. Yeah, I just. How do you forget this? Suit? Yeah, you know, like how much did you spend on this? It's like three hundred bucks. It was like a, I would have spent more on the suit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, so I I, I get there and uh, they pick you up in a limo or you know like a town car or whatever, and they have a driver. They hold up your sign with your really, name. yeah. Oh, I mean, that's great. Yeah, and you know I'm just like some dumb shit from the Wisconsin. I have no clue, and I'm like, oh no, I'll, I'll carry all the bags. You know, like I was just, and the guy's like, I'll carry your bags. And right. like, no, 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 I got you know. The guy's like, who is this idiot? You know, and so I I uh, put the bags in the thing and we go to we get to the hotel and uh i check in and uh and uh uh i'm like i gotta sleep you know i have to sleep if i don't sleep this is gonna be a real big problem you know because you're yes. there the night before right to oh me. the sleeping would be the the hold on and then it's the night before she overnighted the suit so it had to get there right yeah. before the show yes oh my god <laughs> God, I'd have been a wreck. What would yeah. you have done? I mean, I so I was what was like, your contingency? I plan? was like googling uh, suits in an hour, or like where can you get a suit in <laughs> Who an hour? Who needs that I had frustration? No, I had no backup suit, you know, Ugh. like just like. And uh, sure as shit, it, it was at the front desk in the morning. I slept okay, and uh, so show t- the taping was at I think five o'clock. It taped or whatever, and so I got like the suit on and. Um, you know, like I, I think I wandered around New York just to, just to, to drink it in, just to drink it in yeah. and distract myself. You know, I just wander the streets reciting the joke. I was actually wandering before the sh- show, like uh, back and forth in front of the theater, looking at the theater, <laughs> saying the jokes so that I, I would feel like I was in the theater. Like it was, yes. you know, anyway, so I, so I go back up to my hotel <laughs> to finally put the suit on. And I'm like doing the tie, and I get the tie just right, and the, you know, and I like do one last lint roll, and I open the door, and my phone rings, and it's Eddie. And he goes, Tim, I got bad news. I gotta, we gotta bump you. Dave oh had, my god! Dave had a horse on that did like tricks or something, like a talking horse, and there was a problem, and it, the segment ran long, and we gotta bump you. So he goes, uh, I'll get in touch with you and we'll figure out a time to do the show. <laughs> oh my got God. I got bumped by Mr. Ed. I got bumped by a horse. Yeah. And just to, oh my God, to have it taken from you. Yeah. I mean, I mean I, I'm sure the mix of relief, like I bet there was an uh, initial relief or not. Was it all bad? It was insane because, because I literally like was opening the door to go downstairs and walk across the street and do the show. So my heart's so, like oh. just pumping it like, like a million miles an hour. And then it just like it was just like driving down the highway in a in a Lamborghini and then putting it in reverse, you know, like like and I was just like oh oh okay yeah no that's cool you know and and he's like yeah that's cool yeah that's cool. <laughs> 
Oh yeah. my god. Yeah, so I uh I uh, I think I went down to the hotel bar and I just had a, like a really tall cocktail and thought about okay, what's what, how do I handle this, you know? And, and Yeah. Uh, did you feel relief, would you say? Is that an honest? Like at, you know, I was did. a part of you? Part yeah. of me was like, whew, like wow. Oh, I have I have two out. more weeks to work on it or yes. a month or four more months or whatever. And uh and so um so I went out. I just got completely blitzed. Like, mm-hmm. like it's natural. Like the worst I've ever been drunk in New York, and uh, <laughs> New York, just like, in New York. Yeah. yeah, I mean I've gotten yeah. wasted got in really New York drunk a lot. Story I heard. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and uh, two of my buddies who are in town or that live there came out with me. We just got wrecked. It was really fun. Like it was yeah. like, and and then we were all joking about it and and everything. And then uh, and then I flew home with a huge hangover, and then uh, and then uh, and then literally like. Two days later, he called and said, how about next week? Okay. And so um, I said, great. So then I flew back out for real the next time. So I think, whatever, this is my opinion, that that was hugely beneficial to you. Yes. Yeah. Right? I totally agree. A yeah. dry run. A I mean, dry run, yep. Who wouldn't – I would love that. Like let me just walk out there yeah. and pull the plug <laughs> and I'll come back tomorrow. That's you know? exactly what I said. It's like I knew exactly – it was funny because I knew exactly what my – body and my psyche and my brain i knew exactly how i would handle it you know yeah and so the next time i was just like super calm and collected i just i was just like oh just keep breathing and every drink a lot of water and you'll be fine and, and really and you remembered the suit this time it didn't i got to... the suit yeah the second time i got the suit and uh yeah, and so that was uh, that was kind of a benefit, I think, o- overall. So it was so it was distinctly different the whole time through, sort of. Would you say? Uh, that mean the second time? Yeah, yeah. Just you know, knowing that um, the nerves weren't there when you're in the hotel quite as much. And yeah, qu- I mean, I would I'm say like twenty. Said, I'm sorry, like twenty yeah. percent less nerves. Okay, you know, which is significant when they're that yeah, high. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. What did you? Um, we kind of we talked about the wife thing for a minute, but you know, obviously, you went to New York. You had to tell her then. Yeah. What What is that dynamic? Because for me, I've there was once my wife just said something when she learned from one of my other friends who did it that you could bring a friend or something, yeah. and, and she of course said something how you know, oh, good. So so like I would get to come or something. And in my head, I think I said yes <laughs> at the time. But in my head, I was just like, oh, no one in hell. Because to have – I want another comic in there who yeah. understands what it is and to yeah. hopefully make me relax. My wife, yeah. before, before my New Year's Eve show, she wanted me to load her car up. You know, I mean, it's just not. It's like we got a heavy PlayStation for a kid and you got to put that together. And can you carry that out? It's like. Yeah, I don't think this happens to Chappelle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah. so yeah. How how did that dynamic work? Given that she's a comic as well, yeah. I think there was an understanding that she wouldn't come because we don't help okay. each other in those. It's you know how it, like everything gets magnified. Yes. if you get in a little argument. Oh my God! Yes, you have a disagreement or whatever. It just gets magnified. We do that without pressure. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, but yeah. So uh, who came with them? Oh, okay, you? well, so. Uh, just to back up a little bit, just because this is kind of an interesting part, like I hadn't told anybody except for my wife that I was going to do the show. So that day when I got bumped, TV Guide had published uh, that I was a guest on the show. And so as did all the, the cable companies' uh, menus for their 
you know, their yeah. remote yep. controls or whatever. So, um, so later that night when I was completely shit blasted, my mom calls and she was crying. She goes, do you have something you want to tell your mom? <laughs> 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 because all of her friends were like, hey, it says your son's going to be on, you know, Letterman or whatever. So the cat. Did they was, read the TV guy? Yeah. <laughs> right. So the cat was out of the bag as far as that goes. And I said, well, mom, I got bumped. And uh, uh, so, but I'll be back in a few weeks or whatever. And so, um, so then, uh, so, um, what was I going to say? Uh, oh, yeah. So, so when I went back the second time, I invited my two friends my best friend from high school who who we would trade the 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 david letterman top 10 books you know when he came out with that series of books Oh, that's awesome yeah he was like he's the biggest letterman fan and then my buddy ethan who's a a famous jazz musician and and what what's his name uh ethan iverson really he's in the he's in the bad plus yeah he's like you're friends with a black guy I'm just joking. I know the bad plus actually. I had no idea your friends were yeah, we very cool. We, the three of us went to high school together. So they okay. they came along and uh they came backstage and uh yeah, I knocked on the door. I walked across the street, knocked on the door, and as a kid, uh, intern answered the door and he was from and he goes, Hey, I heard you're from Minnesota and I go, Yeah, I'm from Minnesota and he goes, Oh cool, you know, and we went up in the elevator and he kept talking about how he loves Minneapolis comics. And I was like, this is a really cool yeah. way to go into the... Feels comfortable. Yeah, it feels comfortable. And so, then, well, I'm sorry, just to go... So when you went down this second time, you're walking with your two buddies, yep. essentially. Yep. They're, I'd assume, kind of rooting you on, or, but staying yeah. quiet in a nice way, I yep. would guess. So you go knock on the stage door at what time in the day? Uh, it's, a, it's really like an hour before showtime. Okay. So I think they tape at five, and it was probably like four o'clock. I knocked on the side door. Okay. What a cool way that they have you knock on a side door and come in. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, normally, but I mean, and the weird part too is that people are lined up to see the famous guests. Mm-hmm. Like there's like police barricades, and so I walked up, and they didn't. No one knew who I was. That was kind of. Humbling. I thought it was because it was you're such an edgy <laughs> comedian. They had you take the back door and <laughs> yeah. can't let them know this no, pixie and yeah, <laughs> yeah, and the so yeah, then you. They, so we all go in, and then you go upstairs in the uh, elevator to the very top floor, like the sixth floor or whatever, in a freight elevator. And then you walk down a long hall. And I always thought it was like you're in the green room backstage. Yeah. And you're with all the other people. And the dressing rooms are all like way up on the top floor or whatever and far away. You know. Okay. So, so the you, dressing room's totally different floor. Shows, whatever. The yeah. theater's in a different Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So... So I'm up there, and I I, uh, I got really, uh, you know, my buddies are we're joking around and we're relaxed. I'm really just shaking at this point. Like yeah, just sh- my fingers are just like numb, and and then uh, and then Biff Henderson comes in. You know? Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it, and that just really just blew my mind. I was like, oh, there's Biff. It's, I, yeah. No matter how many famous people you see, it's always weird to see them yeah. for the first time. It's just a uh, yeah, yeah. So Biff came in, and then. He said, "Here's how it's going to work. Someone will come get you before you're ready to go, and then um, before you know, and you'll be up here for most of the show, and then like a few minutes before you, you know. So you're not going to go down and stand on the sidelines yeah, for you don't the stand show. Stand in the wings, they're <laughs> 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 waving. Yeah, and so I said, okay, you know, and then the and then the audio guy, uh, or no, and then the the makeup person came in and just pulled a powder on me, nothing big, but the whole time." 
the show is going. It, looked, it felt like it took an eternity. So because you're watching it on the TV in your dressing room, and then it would be like, when we come back, comedian Tim Harmston, you know. And and I thought, okay, all right, this is it, you know. And and then did I that kept, make your heart just like extra flutter to hear Dave say your name? Yeah, I mean, really. Yeah, like. Uh, uh, yeah, and then I look down the hall and I keep waiting to hear this elevator. Where, yeah, I'm where's like, the guy? <laughs> and it never comes. Like it just, it just like. And my guy friends that I'm with are like, um, should we go find the elevator? <laughs> should we go get Dave? <laughs> do, do they? Um, as you're waiting, when this this you know, as far as I'm concerned, um, agonizing show goes on. Yeah, are you still just running through your stuff, ignoring your friends? Are you trying to appear cool and relaxed, or what are? How, you I know, remember you my my buddy was like rubbing my shoulders, like trying to keep me like like loose, you know? Yeah, and, I mean, it's super nice. I I just I don't think anyone could do the right thing in that moment. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they were like, both. Don't touch me. Yeah. yeah. Touch me again. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Give me a microphone. Yeah, and it kept like, you know, like adjusting my tie and looking at my hair. And, you know, like I really wanted to look good for yeah. this thing. And, and uh, but yeah, he was like, Wilson was like, kind of like, had, he was, put his hand on my shoulder. He's like, you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. You know, I'm fine. And and then the, the guy never came. Like the guy was just, I mean, literally to the last maybe 90 seconds mm-hmm. and then finally the door went <laughs> you know the door yeah and, like, and the guy like slowly walks down i'm like we were gonna i'm gonna right. be, he just said gonna i was be gonna late. be yeah i'm gonna Letterman be late and, uh, yeah and i can hear the band playing and I'm, I'm like i know when this song ends that i'm gonna go on you know so they were playing that song your, your no, song? they're playing like the you know they have that little interlude where yep. they do a song or whatever okay so so he gets me in the the elevator and we go you know we go down and, very good. yeah and then, and then uh, i get out and there's an audio guy right there and he goes i hear, I hear you're from minnesota and i'm like yeah and he's like oh i'm from st paul i'm like oh the audio guy was from st paul you know so he's like yeah. putting my mic on and he goes yeah i'll, I'll be uh tapping you on the back when you uh have to go in so just walk right here stand right about here and uh, i'll tap you on the back i'm like okay cool and then i just i just hear dave say like our next performer, you know, our next guest is blah, 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 you know. He go, and Dave made a joke. And I don't know if you remember. Or you probably didn't see the whole episode, but Dave made a joke that was really cool. He said, uh, your next performer will be at Acme Comedy Company um, September 6th through uh, Christmas. And, he, and it, for, it was just a silly yes. Letterman joke, but the audience just erupted in laughter. Yeah. And then he said, no, here he comes. Please welcome Tim Harvey. You know. And so when I walked on stage, they were already laughing yes. from what David said. Oh, that's amazing. And so it really – it was this beautiful – Did that relax you a yes, little bit? totally. To okay. Totally made it seem like an MC was being like, give it up for your next performer, yeah. you know? And so it really, like... It kind of transformed into a comedy club yeah. a little bit for you? Yeah. Yeah, okay. it really uh, eased in the... Uh, so there isn't a... Um, are you standing behind a curtain for it? You're kind of like off... It's There's no curtain. You know, you kind of walk in through the side. Okay. There. Yes. Yep. I do remember that. Yep. Um, God, that, that is so great. I, I mean, just... The Letterman importance matters more and more and more, especially as far as, as I'm concerned on late night. Um, he's really not been replaced. You know, like uh, the trend has really gone away from sardonic and yeah. um, 
whatever and rye and whatever and i i just i really love that guy so i think it's just yeah this is so great for me to hear i love it yeah so, yeah you're very very fortunate that uh you're lucky and you get everything and i get nothing you know very good that's all right tim don't feel bad you'll get it what um so walking out when he's calling your name that joke relaxed you. I would imagine you went from on fire nerves to sort of relaxing. Um, well, the thing that kind of uh, strikes you is that Paul, the set is very condensed. Yeah. Like on TV, it looks like there's like 30 feet between Dave and yes. Paul, but there's really not. There's like maybe 10 feet. That's how the price is right is. I've been yeah. on the price and right. <laughs> <For real. laughs> and I was blown away how yeah. small it is in there. Yeah. Blown so, away. So like I'm standing right next to Paul. Like I could reach out and put my hand on his piano. What? Uh, is it that close? Or very it feels, close. Yeah. It's like you're like, oh, this is kind of awkward. Here's Paul Schaefer yeah. staring at me, you know? And um, so, yeah. So I, I walked out to the spot and it's uh, – and, I, I, and Eddie had told me that this is the best – this is the all-time best, not just the best, but the all-time best setup for doing stand-up on TV because it's a small theater. The Ed Sullivan Theater is pretty small. You see it okay. on TV. It's not big. How many people does a seat, would you guess? Uh, maybe like 800, maybe. Okay. It is that? Okay. Yeah, but I don't even I don't even condensed. know. But it's yeah. very tiny, you know? And so it's not like uh, Conan where there's a bunch of TV cameras between you and the crowd and the crowd's up on, like, bleachers up on the, you know, and there's – or even, like, Carson, you know, you were – there was always, like, a bunch of stuff, I think, between you. Like, this is just like a theater. Just Tony Flashaw, same thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So I just re- tried to keep that in my mind that, okay, this is a really good crowd for comedy. And then I started and um, – What was your – do you remember your final thoughts before you walked out? Like, was it like, I've got this, I whatever, or was it more negative? Or I just remember thinking, like, don't, don't fuck this up. Like, this is the. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like the opposite of what a uh, life coach would say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I just remember. I don't even know. I think it, from the minute he tapped me on the back to go out, I think it was all kind of like a it, something else took over. Yeah. Was yeah. there a. Um, you know your very opening line yeah. was your first joke about the march. The uh, I don't want to blow the march line, but yeah, yeah, okay, yep, marching band. Yep. Did you do any sort of, or, I mean, I'm so neurotic. I know I would parse over. Should I do a a hello, a look, a what? I don't know something to like a first line. Your first th- something. I yeah, don't know. yeah. I've always wondered about that because I, I hate when people say, uh, "How's everyone doing?" You know, yeah. Like I hate that whole thing. And yeah. So, I just said hello. I think I just said hello. Which um, is very Tim Harms. I think that's... Yeah. yeah. And I said, uh, I got a call this morning from a... I think I just went right into the joke. Yeah. didn't even mess around with greetings. And then uh, and then after the punchline, Paul, I could hear Paul Schaefer laughing. And that really helped like encourage yeah. the rest of it. It fed the rest of it. So I, I've thought of that many times, too. That hearing, especially Letterman's laugh, that was so yeah. distinct. Hearing that during your set or Paul's – I, I view Paul almost you yeah. know, as iconic, yeah. you know, very whatever, 1A, 1B. And I, I think it would fuck with me just as much to not hear yeah. Dave laugh <laughs> as good to hear Paul laugh. Yeah. I mean did you hear Dave laugh on it? I didn't hear Dave. Um, I didn't – I don't think I heard Dave. Like th- th- there was – you know, Letterman like, didn't like you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like I was focused straight out front and maybe a little bit towards Paul because Paul is just such a lovable guy. Yes. But my whole time, I didn't want to look left because I knew that what was sitting over there, you know, it was just kind of like, yeah. And but, then um, the audience reaction on the first one was big, as I recall. Pretty big, yeah. When do you get – because you got applause breaks. I know you got applause breaks. I think there's one you stepped on or something. Yeah. Like, like they would have, but you, you, you kept going. Do yeah. you remember that? Yeah, I do. And, and I was told that too, that, that they'll, they'll mess with your timing. So be ready to start and stop and, you know. Okay. Because cause they, they – I don't know if they have an applause machine or like a light. Or it's what? called Tim Harmston. Yeah. <laughs> What uh, what did you – so uh, the set was five minutes long? Yeah, five. Was five. yours time to be five on the nose or would, or did you do the typical like 445 and kind of – I don't know. I don't remember. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, I don't remember. So then just we'll go to as you went through it. Were you thinking – you know, was there a point you got to relax? Uh, <clears throat> I think there was a time where I could see home home base, you know, where I was kind of rounding third, and then I was like, I really can I can take my foot off the gas here and just enjoy this last few seconds of it, you know? Really? Yeah. Okay. Because you, I mean, and even the more I think about it, it, you you really did definitively. I don't know that you could ask for much more, you know, out of a out of a first time network TV set like that. I mean, that's high high pressure. And um, I guess I just would wonder how you'd let yourself relax or if you kept thinking, you know, don't blow it. <laughs> just kept going well, with that. Or? Well, I think like you said, like if, if, if you got a second chance to do it over again, mm-hmm. you know, or like if you hadn't – if I was able to have booked another set, it would have been totally different from a nerve standpoint. Yeah. You know, like I would have been able to really soak, be in the moment a little bit yeah. more. Instead, I was busy – Reciting, licking your lips. <laughs> were, were you ever? Uh, when I do comedy, there's, and I've heard many comics say this, so I know this isn't rare. But there's sets where you are absolutely locked into what you're saying, and yeah. then there's sets where I'm thinking a whole different thing while yep. I'm talking. Yeah. Were you? You know, where were you in that spectrum? Uh, I think there was at first there was a lot of like holy shit I can't believe I'm saying this right now I was detached from what. Do you think doing. about your parents watching? <clears throat> Do you go any really weird places that you can think of? No, I just I just uh, I just think it was like I was just thinking like I, what what am I doing? Like how did I get here? You know like <laughs> I mean like I, even though you know how that is yes. when your lips are moving and you're saying the jokes but your mind is not engaged Absolutely. at all. Absolutely. It's just like a it's like a muscle that I've been you know working on at open mic and different sets for 6 months now and it's happening but my brain is yes. soaking up everything else. I think that it's the hardest thing to describe to non-comics but any comic or Someone who does a lot of public speaking or performance yeah. certainly knows. It's just so – you can be so divorced from what you're yes. saying sometimes and yeah. those are never the good sets. Yeah. You know, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, is there uh, – I mean – I was are, thinking about pork chops and he kept <laughs> licking my lips. It's like, oh, God, I want a big like pork that, <laughs> Randy's pork chops and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> What uh, so I mean, should, uh, are we good to play it, or is yeah. there is there anything we're missing? Uh, 
No, well, I mean, uh, just the fact that the final thing, yeah, the, yeah, the ending part. That's what I was gonna say. The whole fucking thing is yeah. when he walks over and what and what he says to you. Yeah, that part is just a blur. I have no recollection really? of that. I, you must know from the broadcast what he said to you. I think nice job, Tim, nice or job, or good job, or I don't, I don't remember because at that point I was just completely. It, you know when he I saw him walking a figure walking yeah. towards me and I literally just sort of blacked out I mean it blacked yes. out but I was just that's it I don't know I've always said uh, the uh, my first like big big gig was opening for Stanhope which for me is like <clears throat> yeah. like sort of my main he's my letterman or whatever yeah. and he was so fucking nice to me and kept talking to me and it, my nerves <laughs> were on fire that I just I, I said will you get away from me for a little like I'm so <laughs> We said hello. He yeah. was nice to me. He did the things like, please just leave me alone for a little bit. I have yeah. to think of this set. And yeah, I can I can imagine. Yeah. Unbelievable. What um, what did you do right after? Uh, I walked, well, you know, and then that's kind of the end of the show. And then yeah. I turn around and, and walk off. And then the audio guy from Minnesota and the intern guy were both there and they both like high five me and they're like that was awesome you know that's and, awesome and my friends hugged me and they're like awesome job you know like everyone was like super positive and then i went in the green room and grabbed some snacks that was <laughs> there and then uh and then i uh went to uh uh we went to spark steakhouse where uh, big paul castellano got whacked yes yeah we went there I was just reading about that the other yeah. day, by the way yeah Gotti was across the street with walkie talkies yeah. yeah yeah that's it's amazing favorite steakhouse is it really mm-hmm. is it because of that memory that it's tied to or uh, it gotta be i'd been there a few times prior to that so that was naturally where i wanted to go celebrate so we went there and, and then um just got completely shit-faced yeah <laughs> So, I mean, it felt victorious. Like, in the moment you felt, I fucking did it. We won. Did you have a manager at that point? Yeah. Okay. So you had someone. I mean, did you do the manager call? I think I did. Yeah. Okay. I think I did. Yeah, I think I did on the cab ride over there. I just called him and say it went well or something. Okay. But but because you're you, you had to act humble. Yeah. God, what a pain in the ass. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah, I stuck (laughs) my dick in the whatever, in America's TV or whatever. I don't know. It'd be funnier. I'd think of it. What um, And then the other thing – well, no, no. We'll play it and then we'll go through the last couple questions. And by the way, we're going to stay on mic live for it. So it, like really, any thoughts you were having oh, sure. or, or, or comments wow. on it, feel free. This is crazy. Yeah. All right. Here we go. And then actually – sorry, one last thing. Have you listened to this for a long time? How long has it been? Three, four years. Okay. You didn't listen to it in preparation for this show? I listened show? to it once or twice when it first went on YouTube and then I never listened to it again. Right. Okay. Please welcome Tim Harmston, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> what a great version of it. <laughs> yeah. Hello. I uh, got a call from a telemarketer, and he said, Hello, Mr. Harmston, are you paying too much for your auto insurance? And I said, Yeah, I am, because I drove into a marching band on the way home from a wine tasting. <laughs> What can you do for me? Great second wave. <laughs> and I'd say and he was like, oh, I think I dialed the wrong number. <laughs> oh, I love that bit. 
I think being a parent would be really hard these days because kids have so many options. I have a friend who's like, yeah, our son Connor's got soccer in the morning and then swimming lessons after that and then karate after that and then welding after that and then space shuttle maintenance after that. I didn't have those options growing up. My dad was like, pick one and replace it with mowing the damn lawn. <laughs> you had a great set. Like, good jokes that hold up completely. I don't even know if I'm going to have kids because it's so expensive, you know? But my friends try to guilt me into it. They're like, Tim, if you don't have <laughs> this your might own be my child, favorite child, who's going to take care of you when you grow really old? And I'm like, you know what? It's going to be that super hot Swedish nurse that I hire using the money I save by not having children. Jesus, those seals. Clapping for the fish. <laughs> and then they're like, but she's not going to love you the same way your own child will. I'm like, I know. Which you're waiting for doing a punchline here, right? That's why it's so expensive. <laughs> you wouldn't normally pause that yeah, much, right? I yeah, that might be the one you were talking about where it got... I'm already recounting I might be milking this. it a little bit too much. I wish flying was less no. expensive. I keep getting fooled by the airlines because they advertise round-trip tickets starting at $49. But when you get to the website, there's only like one $49 flight. And it goes from Fargo to Topeka a year from now at four in the morning. And it's the pilot that blacks out over 10,000 feet. See, that's a weird punch. That's a weird applause. Favorite. Were you confident at that and point? Were you feeling good? Are cats. I think so. Uh. And you can get a $2 a day rental car, which is a donkey with a belly full of Great Red drop Bull. drop-in, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> uh. I don't, see, can you see how the, the applause breaks are really... Back full. It, this is insane. But they're... And you're hearing it as a negative thing. No, it's just... Ask. I was reading about this one guy in the Guinness Book of World Records. Know. He held the world record for the largest beard made out of bees, like 360,000 bees on his face. Like, how's that going to help your dating career? You go on a date and you ring the doorbell and she's like, oh my God, you've got some bees <laughs> on your face. <laughs> that was real fun, right? You're yeah, having real having fun. fun there, some yeah. bees. I think at this point, this is when I said I can drive the home. The most you know? bees. Uh, <laughs> I have a problem with pigeons. Yeah, they congregate on my front doorstep, so I put one you of those fake the, owls out I'm there. I'm more relaxed now. And it didn't you scare sound. them away, so I taped a fake gun to the fake owl. <laughs> And that didn't work. The guy at the hardware store is like, oh, you should get a real owl with a real gun. <laughs> so I did that. Now I got dead pigeons everywhere. 
and that attracts crows. Now to get her the crows, I got a bald eagle with a bazooka. And now that I have a bald eagle with a bazooka on my front doorstep, I no longer have any pigeons. I also look like the most patriotic son of a bitch of all time. Wow. That is, is seriously, I recant everything they said. <laughs> I watch this a lot, and I remember thinking you looked... So the first time you watch it... Very nice. Very nice. Put it on your tombstone. Actually, Tim Harmson, everybody. Very nice. (laughs) It's a good tombstone. (laughs) Um, And then David Letterman cited it. Really. So I I remember watching it and thinking, I mean, just being dizzy with all all the applause. Just like, oh, my God, our guy is killing it. I mean, really, it, it, that's all you saw. And then you watch it again and again when they put it online. And I remember going like I noticed that, you know, licking his chops and just going either he's so excited to get to the next joke <laughs> or it's just, yeah, or he's nervous because I get – I've had dry mouth before. Right. And, um, and, and just then I fixated on that. In listening to it – so Tevin watches it when we do this. Uh, you and I don't. And just listening to your voice – you sound relaxed after the first joke yeah. and then locked in somewhere in the middle. I mean, it's way better sounding. It's a great set. Oh, thanks. Yeah, you really broke it down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tend to do that. Yeah. I like to – I brought you on here so I could talk at you about your set. Yeah, thanks. Well, you know, it's just I, – I, I wish I had a – I had. Uh, you know, there's always things you wish you could have done differently. But it, it wasn't bad for my first try. And so then the, the whatever a closing type thing with it is, we um, actually no. There's another thing because as I listened to it, that was, I mean, when there's favorite jokes of yours, I think of there was three of them in that set. Yeah. And I, do you consider yourself a comic who translates well to TV? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. For me, it's known like it would, I'd have a B set at best. That's me doing the best. Well, I don't. First of all, I don't think that because I think that your, like, if I feel like your personality would translate immediately to 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 TV, it's just a matter of you tell longer stories. Yeah, can you put hard to do? You know, like yeah, yeah, cut them down or do one uh-huh. long stories with lots of punchline. You know, there's a, there's no one way to do a TV set, and there's right. no one way to to uh, approach it. Or you know, I've seen comics do a one six minute story, and that's. Yeah, you know, so I but I think that uh, I think that the jokes help because if you're not doing well, at least that joke's over and you have another chance to get them back for sure, you know, or or you have another chance to build on the momentum or whatever. Yeah, but but going into this, was that something for you? Because I, you know, I guess I see you as someone who would translate well. Um, you know, you get to do your best jokes on TV. I, I mean, you're not a big swearing guy. You do tell long stories, but I see how you can button it up. God, you're good. Never mind. I got nothing else to say. I'm just, I'm, I really am impressed. Are you, did you get anything definitively from this? From Letterman? Yeah. So for, for all of us, it sort of brings you up a notch, brings you into a different class where you can headline, you know, the room in uh, Champlain, Illinois, or wh- yeah. whatever. But is there anything definitively you got where you went, wow? I- well, the only thing that I get 
is that I can walk into Grumpy's on a Wednesday and get priority. Get up whenever you want. <laughs> just bump. <laughs> no. Bump the I'm uh, just kidding, six Chris. month people. Yeah. Uh, no, I, 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 I did get certain things out of it in the sense that I mean I didn't get any you know like the days of you getting a sitcom from being on right. person those types of monumental things you don't really get but I did get a lot it sort of opened the door for me to be a headliner then because I was kind of like on the verge of headlining and then that kind of just sort of right for clubs that were kind of on the fence they're like oh well at least we know yeah. he, he can handle the pressure of that. So, but you never got a phone call, or it's like I saw you on the Letterman show, and God damn it, I want you in our club or whatever. Um, not really. No, I think I got okay. about five to seven Twitter followers. Five to seven, and uh, a phone call from my mom, and uh, no, I didn't. Uh, I didn't get any. Nobody really called and said, you know, hey, would you want to? I saw that. Do you want this thing? Right. I mean, I did get into some clubs that I had been trying to get into because I sent them the tape. Right. And they're like, Chad oh, that was great. You? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Chad Daniels or whatever, yeah. one of our favorites. Is there um, – can we have permission to do the a new thing we're starting to do that's been fun, which is reading the um, YouTube comments oh, on it? I'd say there's four. So That's it? Yeah. What? Because it's too th- good. That's the whole thing. There's usually hatred. Anything worth uh, – No. <laughs> Thanks, Tevin. We can produce that moment a little bit. We I thought there was a, there was a bunch of them, at, or no? See, see, I had to rip it off and put it on my own YouTube channel. And so when it was <laughs> when it was on the Letterman, because they pulled it yeah. off, but when it was on the Letterman channel, there was a bunch of comments, and they a lot of them were really nasty. You know? Oh, it's amazing just to hear the hatred in the world is so fun, but. Uh, Damn it. That's what disappoints me. There's nowhere else to look. Come on. Someone has to hate Tim Harmston somewhere. I mean, one, so nice set. Um, his recorded, <laughs> you know, I believe you. His recorded set on Spotify is, is this one. It's better and longer. His delivery and stage presence for this video is were pretty sad. Don't judge him by this performance. What? Um, That's pretty good. That was just so bad. Yeah. <laughs> that was dot, 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 terrible. Yeah. And there's that's not, good. I mean, that's, I almost, that's all of them. you know, if nothing else, we could call his wife and get her take on it. <laughs> <laughs> she'll text you some right oh, now if you want. I've, I want She's to. got them preloaded in her phone, so she'll text them to you right now. Do you think we can? It'd be funny. I bet she'd say something funny. Yeah. We don't have to, but. No. God, no. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you yeah. so much for coming on. It was it really, like, this was a very fun conversation for me. Thanks, and, like, really, yeah. really, really loved it. So thank you, Tim. Um, and for our listeners, go see Tim Harmson anytime you see his name anywhere. Like, really? is it, Do you have a Twitter or anything you at want Tim or Harmston. whatever you want to promote? Yeah, that. at Tim Harmston. He um, does great films that I want to say, whether he wants to or not. He's a great filmmaker, and he has a super funny – Connie Dugan, you probably cringe when you hear it, but but <laughs> I think it's like brilliant. It's a hockey mom thing. Is, is there a place they can see that? Just my YouTube channel, Tim Harmston. You don't have to go to his YouTube channel. You can go no timharmston.com. Timharmston.com. Um really one of the uh one of the greats if you're from our <laughs> He's he's super funny. So thank you guys for listening. Yeah. Thank you, Tim. Thank you. Have a good night. 
All right, guys. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, please make sure to rate, subscribe, and share. We appreciate all the support. We could not do this without you, and we will see you guys next week. <laughs>